Welcome to an all-new episode of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Thank you so much for joining us. And the last week of the regular season is officially upon us in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And we have a great show lined up today. Of course, uh, we will recap the weekend that was, but we're also going to be joined by LaRange Ice Wolves goaltender Dawson Smith and also a nominee for Sastel Goalie of the Year. Plus, much, much more. But before we get into it, I have to give a big shout-out to our sponsors Cantera Seeds, Sastel, Capital Auto Mall, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Chevrolet, Tourism Saskatchewan, Direct West, SGI, SGU, Great Western, Young's Equipment, RBC. Thank you so much for your support because once again, without your support, these shows would not be possible. And it's time to bring in our co-hosts, Rory McGoran and Jamie Nukabauer. Fellas, how are we doing? How was everyone's weekend? Uh, yeah, great. Great weekend. One week away from playoffs. Exciting. want to wish exciting. you a belated happy birthday. Oh, geez. Thank you. No problem. Appreciate and then Appreciate also, uh, avid listener of the show, don't think he misses an episode. Mm. Way up in uh, Flan Vegas, Austin Cardell. Yes. And happy birthday. That's happy today. Birthday, so happy Austin. birthday up there to Austin. Yeah, there you go. Echo that. Austin Cardell. Uh, n- nobody's nicer when the Flin Flon Bombers aren't facing your team. Mm. And then nobody's meaner <laughs> when the Flin Flon Bombers are facing your team. He's basically like, get out of the way. <laughs> there you go. Facing the Bombers, but when he's not, he's the nicest guy in the world. There you go. Well, we had a busy weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, so let's get right into it. Four games Friday night across the league. The Yorkton Terriers with an 8-4 win over the Melville Millionaires. A big win for the Humboldt Broncos, 5-3 over the Balfords North Stars. The Flin Flon Bombers with a 4-3 win over Nipwin. And then the LaRange Ice Wolves with a dominant 6-1 win over the Melford Mustangs. Then Saturday, four more games. In the rematch, Yorkton swept the weekend series over Melville, winning 5-3. Estevan with a big 6-2 win over the Notre Dame Hounds. Battleford's getting some revenge on Humboldt with the win, the exact same score as the Friday night game, but the Rolls reversed and Weyburn with a 3-2 overtime win over the Kindersley Clippers and then finally a pair of afternoon games on Sunday the Nipwin Hawks earning a 3-2 shootout win and the Weyburn Red Wings blanking the Kindersley Clippers 2-0 and of course all of our lookbacks are presented by Sask Lotteries a busy weekend 10 games on schedule but Rory we got to start with the Humboldt Broncos Balfour North Stars two of the top teams in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League they split their home and home the road team winning both games, but uh, a very entertaining two games between the two clubs. Holy moly, what <laughs> hockey it was, was played at the ACC and the EPA. It was playoff hockey three weeks early, two weeks early, however long it's going to be, but if they line up in the playoffs, the only opportunity they're going to, based off of their seedings, will mm-hmm. be in the SJHL championship. Can't wait. Those two buildings were graced to the most the best hockey I've seen all year in those two games. There was no room. It was physical, f- as fast as hockey as you're going to see. How hockey's supposed to be mm-hmm. played, right? The Broncos come in, the first team to beat the Battlefords in that building in regulation this season. Took 50 games, you know, 25 at home. So props to Battlefords for holding out that long. But the Broncos, you're looking at them right now, mm-hmm. and you got to think confidence is overflowing with the ability to win four out of six games yep. in that season series. The North Star. I think they needed that last game in Humboldt. It was huge for them to, you know, shake off. I wouldn't say they have any doubt, but going up against Humboldt and losing sure. five of six would be something to kind of consider going into a playoff series. Battlefords comes in and they do their job in the EPA. Couple notes about the games. Uh, Humboldt's been the best thorn in the side for that top line. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty much still a point per game against Humboldt. They've combined, <laughs> they've combined for 12 points in 13 man games, so yeah. just under a point per game, but I would suggest that that is the lowest total among all the other 11 teams correct. to hold those correct. lines. They can't stop Steven Kesslering, though. Seven goals in six games. He's one of the best all-around players in the league, mm-hmm. one of the fastest, and he seems to be the thorn in the side for the Broncos. And on the other side, it's been Cage Newens for the Humboldt Broncos to really get that propeller going. But this was playoff hockey. This was unreal entertainment and I'm not surprised both games were basically the exact same storyline and 5-3 both wins for the road teams yeah I mean I don't have a ton to add to that other than I think both coaches have to be happy right now a couple things one they got playoff style hockey yep awesome phenomenal 
you know, Scott Barney, I know he's so positive, loves the challenge, takes the positive out of so many things. That's one of the things I, I really appreciate about Scott for the Broncos. And, and I talked to Braden Colmosco all year. I said, when are you going to, well, you know, how are you guys going to deal with the real adversity? And, you know, he, he hadn't, didn't really have an answer. He said, well, it'll come, it'll come. And our guys will have to prove it then. The adversity of losing and bouncing back and finding a way. And that has not had to happen too many times this year. They went up to the Whitney Forum. They got smoked by the Flynn Flynn Bombers. What did they do the next day? They found a way to win. They got went they, at home. The Broncos came mm-hmm. in there and get smoked, but it was a, a good game. The Broncos won. How did they deal with that adversity? They went into an, you could argue, just as hard place to win these days mm-hmm. uh, in, in this league as the Algar Peterson Arena is. And went in there, and what did they do? They found a way to win. So you check maybe the last box for the Battleford's North Stars mentally to say, you know, we can bounce back. They've, they didn't have to prove that all year. Now they have a couple times. I, and I think that's a very good comparison comparing that to the pre, a couple of weekends prior where yeah. they went up to Flin Flon and they, they got hammered that first game. Ba- Battleford's undefeated still when they score the first goal of the game. You have to get on them early, right? Yeah. We know how good they are when they get rolling. 33-0. and yeah. No overtime losses, no shootout losses. Yeah. 33 times they've scored the first goal. Right. 33 times they've won. And every time that they take a lead into the second period, undefeated in that scenario too. You have to get on them early. Broncos scored the first goal in both games. And we'll see if that continues moving forward into the last week of the regular season and into the playoffs. But let's talk about the team that's competing with the humble Broncos mm-hmm. for second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the standings, of course, second place still up for grabs. The Flin Flon Bombers, a big 4-3 win over the Nipwin Hawks and a potential playoff preview. But the Flin Flon Bombers taking care of business at home on yeah. Uh, Friday night. Yeah, I mean, we've talked all year about the Flin Flon power play and they got a 5-on-3 to, to, to start that or early in that third period and used that to, to score three straight, used that momentum. And it's kind of like at the Access Communications Center in Battlefords, once the once the avalanche starts going downhill at right. the Whitney Forum, we think we've all felt mm-hmm. it. It's hard to stop that avalanche. And kudos to the Nippon Hawks for sticking in that those games. You know, obviously the Nippon Hawks once they get to overtime or a shootout, they are as money as anybody in the league. So they got to have feel good if they had found a way to crawl back. But Tad Cozen's got to be happy that his team didn't give up, found a way to win uh, in Melfort the next uh, or a couple days later. But um, you know, the Flin Flon Bombers still without all those guys. The only guy they've gotten back from that long list of injuries that we talked about earlier was Cole Tanchuk uh, but they've you know they've won five of their last six uh, the only one lost there was in the shootout in at the Algar Peterson Arena where you know they they pushed the Broncos as well it was a really good hockey game we were both in the in the building that night Rory and man oh man they just keep finding a way without all their best players anybody who has an excuse in the league can't Look at Mike Reagan in the face right now because his team's found a way over and over again the last couple of weeks with four of the top six forwards out of the lineup. Super impressive. Flin Flon and Humboldt, Battlefords as well, have been playing playoff hockey for the last two and a half weeks. It seems like that's what you want going into the first round. You know, if you have a little bit of an easier schedule, you maybe don't get these build-up games, right? Flin Flon now has not only been playing playoff hockey, as Nugsy mentioned, they've had amples of adversity, right? No Mercier, no Vockler, no Tremblay, no no Dupro. That's the other, like the top four scores are out. And you know, you're getting guys plugged into holes and stepped up. Look at Brett Gullenshin. Look yeah. at Alexei Silvestri. They had eight different right? scores over the last three days. They've been None great. of those were the names of the guys you just mentioned. So. Well, yeah, 100%. They've just been finding ways. You know, Liam Bridger has come in and really shored up a lot. 100%. Kylan Olofsson is stepping up. You know, a usual depth player, young player, 2004 birth year. But yeah, Mike Reagan, he deserves a lot of props for keeping the Bombers, part of me, in a race for second place because the Broncos, you know, looked at all those injuries, maybe... Uh, from pundits outside thinking, well, they're going to lock this up pretty soon. But Flin Flon is running with it right to the end here. Broncos have the game in hand. So if mm-hmm. they're able to run all four left on the table, they will finish second. But Flin Flon's making it a fight for sure. They control their own destiny as the battle for second continues to heat up. And it's fitting because this week's a little different compared to weeks past for the Tourism Saskatchewan play of the weekend, mm-hmm. highlight of the weekend. We've got two, and they come from those two teams. So let's start with the first one, this one coming uh, from Humboldt on Saturday. Ian Bell, Cook trying to get back, and he pokes it away from Bell. Back around the net of Motu, it goes. 1-1, the score, 8.53 remaining here in the first period. Ceccarelli back down, intercepted, backdoor, glove saved by Motu. Oh, my goodness, what a robbery. Zone for Kett back to touch up, 9.24 remaining. 
And now we're seeing big stretches again with no whistles. Boy, what a game here tonight. Here's a steal by Kane. Out front. Oh, what a goal that is. Tic tac go. And Joey leaves. So I'll ask you about uh, the Mo 2 save because that was obviously you on the call. Uh, Obviously, an unbelievable glove hand save. The one thing I'm going to say is uh, I hope that defenseman got uh, Ben Motu uh, maybe a drink after that game, maybe a nice uh, Gatorade because uh, he kind of bailed them out a little bit on that save. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he had Gatorade, <laughs> a nice healthy meal. He faced 50 shots in that yeah. game, and that was in the first period where he was tied 1-1. So uh, it was one of the best glove saves he's thrown out all year and kind of a similar situation in the Flin Flon goal. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind Very of similar. worked it out of the corner, a backdoor pass, and Motu you saw him really out to the top of his crease, able to get at least an angle and flash the leather, whereas uh, Flynn Flon was able to find the back of the open net, but both beautiful plays. Well, that, that then leads me to this question then, Rory, and I, I really want your perspective sure. on this. Going into the playoffs, there's a bunch of teams in this league that have a, who is the number one? Sure. Who's going to get the start? We talked about it with Melfort last week. Is it Jared Picklick or is it Ben Motu for Humboldt right now? Call me crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they're going to do exactly what they're doing now. I don't think they're going to have a guy, that's just my opinion, that runs the whole series in the first, right, with a, with a bona fide starter backup. Right. Since they brought in Jared Picklick, it's basically been alternating every game. Yeah. Been two or three situations where goaltenders played two games in a row, yeah. and they've won 17 of 20 games. So right. I think they do the same thing in the playoffs. The only outlier is if, you know, one of the goaltenders in game one gets blown up seven to one the other one comes in and shuts out game two then you maybe pivot your thought process mm -hmm. but going in i right now i would put my bet that one plays game one the other plays game two now we talked about teams with good goaltending all year and one team that has two very good goaltenders is the Melfort Mustangs but a tough weekend for the Mustangs as they continue to battle for the Lorange with the Lorange I suppose for fourth place and home ice advantage in the first round matchup we know now it is going to happen it is going to be Melfort against Lorange but going into the playoffs the Melford Mustangs have definitely cooled off a little bit. Tough 6-1 loss at home against the team that they're going to play in the first round. And then a 3-2 shootout loss on Sunday against Nippon. You want to take this start, Nugsy, or...? I just I don't know what is going on in Melfort. Like I asked, I asked <laughs> you said that how many shows this week? It's I true. I asked Matty Barrett uh, what his perspective was on this, and and he kind of didn't give me a very clear answer, which is probably the same thing that's going through the mind of Trevor Blevins. We have this ultra talented team. We have great great players, young and old, a great blend, a dominant decor, four guys at the showcase on the back end. Yet now, this power penalty kill that was number one all year long goes three for seven at home against LaRange Ice Wolves in a, in a big, big game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very surprising to me. I picked this Melfort Mustangs team to go all the way. You did. First episode, I remember. I'm not going to back away. You know, I, think, I still think they're a remarkably good hockey team if they can figure it out. We talked about how good they are on their day. Wasn't a good day for uh, Joel Favreau. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody has a bad day here and there. And I think, you know, neither he nor James Venn have really kind of grabbed that number one spot right now in Melford either. And that's got to be concerning. And then, you know, you give the Nippowin Hawks uh, a chance at the shootout. Alex Ochitwa, he's four of five in penalty shots. And the only time he was stopped, he was absolutely robbed by Logan Falk of mm -hmm. the Kindersley Clippers. So he could be five for five. Carson Dobson, he's three for three. Like the Nippon Hawks don't miss in the in the shootout. So Melfer ran into that buzzsaw a little bit. But <laughs> man, oh man, I don't know what's going on with the Mustangs. Yeah, um, I have a couple to pull out of this series. LaRange, they've won now four out of their last five road games. We talked mm -hmm. about how much yeah. they were kind of struggling outside the Mel. They're figuring that out at the best time possible. Yeah. We still don't know who's going to be home at ice advantage and who's going to have to play four games potentially on the road. I would bet on it because I think this is going seven games. You mentioned the two goaltenders, James Venn, 857 save percentage over his last four games, and Joel Favreau, 896 over his last five starts so they're both sub nine they're needing the, one of those goaltenders to figure this out ethan strick since coming back from suspension has scored in every game six yeah. goals in four games and the final reason 
to highlight this playoff series, which we know is going to be a playoff series. Mm-hmm. These two teams have the most overtime and shootout games Love in it. the league. You don't think a few of these are going to five-on-five, sudden-death overtime? Yeah. With the Melford Mustangs, 14 of their games have gone to overtime. LaRange, 12 of their games have gone to overtime. Here's a crazy stat for you. This, this blew my mind when I looked it up today. The LaRange Ice Wolves have given up 41 goals in the third period this year. Mm-hmm. Only 41 goals out of 54 games played. That's that is, impressive. That is incredible. That is by far the best in the league. Yeah. That even wait, like that's better than Battlefords. That's better than everybody. You know, if they do not give up, Dawson Smith is the most clutch goalie in the league. Say whether he's the best or not, that's a debate. Could be argued. Certainly the best late game goalie in the league. He well, has been that this year. And he's got a good goaltending partner in Tofan Chirico yeah. as well. Yeah. For sure. Uh, let's quickly move on to, obviously, seven playoff spots have been confirmed. If we can pull up the standings, guys. Uh, the Nippon Hawks got an X beside their name. They have officially clinched their spot in the SJHL postseason. That means there is only one up for grabs. And the Weyburn Red Wings are getting close to clinching a playoff spot, but the Notre Dame Hounds still have five games to go where they could potentially catch up to the Weyburn Red Wings. They're going to need some help. But, uh, Nugsy, obviously I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you take this one, a 2 and one week for the Notre Dame Hounds, but yeah. tough loss on, loss on Saturday to the Estevan Bruins. Maybe just mm-hmm. give us an outlook on this playoff situation regarding Notre Dame and Weyburn. Well, there's, you can look forward and you can look back. Quickly, sure. I'll look back. I'll ask you guys a very simple question. Jeremy, I'll pose this question to you. Okay. No no trick question meant here at all. Very simple question. How do you finish eighth in the SJHL? Win games. You do better than 9, 10, 11, Wow, well, that too. So you beat 9, <laughs> 10, 11, and 12. Yes. The Hounds didn't blow it. There's still a tiny chance. Right. They have to get a lot of things go the right way. I could break that down if you, you want. You can break it down. Well, so, For the listeners, so, break okay, it down. So, Weyburn has three games left. Yes. The Hounds have five games left. Correct. Notre Dame needs to beat Weyburn in regulation. That is an absolute... On Thursday night. 100% yeah. thing. The Hounds... So, Weyburn, if, they, if the Weyburn Red Wings lose out... That's the final the three way. games. The final three yeah. games. And they have a tough schedule. Yes. You know, they've got... Uh, Humboldt, Humboldt Wednesday. Wednesday. They've got Notre Dame Thursday. Correct. In, in Weyburn. And then they host the Estevan Bruins. So, that'll... You know, again, not an easy schedule. No, so, if Weyburn loses all three, then the Hounds have a chance. Uh, if Weyburn gets two points, then it's done. So, the Hounds need to do this. They either need to... If they win every game and Weyburn loses every game, then they're in... Uh, or if, if the Weyburn Red Wings lose every game and the Hounds win every game and get to that final game, say against Humboldt, they can get in with just a point because the Hounds would gotcha. have the tiebreaker. So again, it's convoluted. Basically, if the Hounds lose tomorrow in Yorkton, it's over. If the Hounds lose any game, then it's over. Uh, but there is a small chance. Mm-hmm. But the Hounds didn't take care of business this year at different times when Yorkton was in town or when they were uh, in Kindersley and Kindersley came to Wilcox. That's how you finish eighth. You beat the right. teams below you. And that's and why there's didn't really do it. That's why there's not an X next to the name of the Weyburn <laughs> Red Wings yet, right. because there's still that hope that the Notre Dame right. Hounds do have, and you yeah. broke it down there. But but the Weyburn Red Wings deserve credit for going 100%. into Kindersley 100%. this weekend and, and finding a way twice. And you know, not the prettiest hockey games in the world. They were you know back and forth. We could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Kindersley tied it late in the first one, and and you know, Dazza Mitchell was phenomenal. Uh, on both occasions, but uh, the Weyburn Red Wings have taken care of business, and I really compare this Weyburn team in a lot of ways to the Notre Dame, Notre Dame team last year. Brett Pilkington brought in a lot of experienced guys at the trade deadline up front. Mm-hmm. Nick Sombrowski and Nolan Coventry and you know Connor Nolan was there, and the Hounds had some experience up front to go with Kevin Anderson and Elliot Tutiel. This year, Weyburn brings in Riley Morgan. They brought in Turin. They, you know, they, they got McQuan Tallman back healthy, mm-hmm. so they've got four 20-year-olds in their top six forward group. They've got an 03 in Tallman who's an NCAA commit. You know, they've got talent, so it's very similar. They did what they needed to do to get eight. Maybe seventh. Good for them. They deserve it. <laughs> yeah, there's still lots to be determined. Yeah. Notre Dame still has an outside shot. Yeah. But even the positioning right now, when it comes to six, seven, eight, it's still up for grabs right now. The Weyburn Red Wings also took care of business while on a four game losing streak. They had yes, to take care of did. business. They did. 100%. Right? They were, the wheels weren't falling off, but yeah. you can sense maybe a little panic there if you don't beat Kindersley at least once, right? Yeah. And they managed to take care of that. Mequon Tallman came mm-hmm. back uh, for this series and picked up three points in two games, mm-hmm. including the game winner in that 2 nothing shutout. And
And of yep. course, it was the first career SJHL yep. shutout for Daza Mitchell, 28 of 28. So there was some adversity. There was probably a little panic. There was still a little buffer zone, but they could see Notre Dame taking yep. care of business yep. in their games, right? Yeah, well, Beating, yeah. yeah, Sam Kroon with that 50 or 39 second, 29, yeah, 29, 29 second yeah. game winning goal. Then beating Estevan, a team that you've struggled against, you know, mightily mm -hmm. recently. And then Weyburn, you know, can see that going in opposite directions, going into Kindersley, who's also been playing really well, two wins. That's yeah. a lot of breathing room for the Weyburn, Rayburn Red Wings, pardon yeah, me. But they earned that breathing room by that long home stretch that they had. And Correct. they really took yeah. care of business. And that was the thesis sure. statement of my point. The Hounds didn't take <laughs> care of business when games that they probably needed to win came into Wilcox or, you know, different places when teams were struggling when they went in there. Like, Kindersley had not won a road game, and the Hounds lost 6-2, to two, didn't show up. That's, right. that's, that's why the Hounds are in this very precarious position right I now. I wasn't discrediting your point. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but here's the good news. We're going into the last week of the regular season, yeah. and there's still lots yeah. to be determined. Games are going to matter this last week of the regular season, and we'll definitely talk about it more later on in the show. But after the break, we're going to be pleased to be joined by LaRange Ice Wolves netminder Dawson Smith. Get his thoughts on the season so far and that potential match or that matchup against the Melford Mustangs come the first round of the SJ SJHL playoffs. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Jamie, Rory, and Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us today. And it's now time to head to the video chat line where we're pleased to be joined by LaRange Icewolves netminder Dawson Smith. Dawson, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. We appreciate it. How's it going? Good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Of course. Yeah, it's always great talking hockey. I'll I'll start with a nice, easy question for you. Big 6-1 win for you guys over the team you're going to play in the playoffs, the Melford Mustangs, Friday night. Uh, what led to your guys' success on Friday at the Northern Lights Palace? I mean, I've said it before. Like In that second period, I felt like I was just watching hockey. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> Didn't have a shot. It was like not much work on my end. The boys played unreal, and I think it'll be a good matchup for sure. Yeah, Dawson, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your time. You know, I, I got to ask you, I think a lot of people, including us, were saying, hey, we knew LaRange could win uh, at home in the Mel earlier this year. It's all those home games. We said, could they win on the road? And you guys have gone out and proved it. How big was that chip on your guys' collective shoulders to kind of show all of us that we didn't really know what we were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was going to give us a little confidence too if we end up not even or not clinching that uh, that home ice during the playoffs that we can still come in and win a couple games there and win some at home and yeah, it's good. How fun has it been this last couple of weeks? You know, you look at the standings, you're kind of like, yeah, it's looking like we're going to be playing the Melford Mustangs potentially in the playoffs. We really want home ice advantage, and then you play them four times in the final two weeks, and you might have to play them seven more times coming up. Just how fun has that kind of been with that rivalry brewing? It's good. It's a rivalry for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. the game's been getting chippy, and <laughs> those are the fun ones to watch. So I don't think see, I don't see that changing either. Mm -hmm. um, but I know we can. I know we can do it, and uh, yeah. I know we've talked about uh, yourself and your goaltending partner Topher Chirico all season long, Dawson. You guys arguably are the best goalie tandem in the in the SJHL. I just want to ask, uh, what's your relationship like with uh, with Topher, and how great is it to you know kind of share the crease with him? It's good. It's awesome. It's no matter who's in that, we're we're rolling, and <laughs> most games anyway on my part. <laughs> but no, it's good. We're 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 solid. Like we have fun and. And obviously, we're in the rooms together every every road trip, so it's good to get to know him, and he's a really good guy. Yeah, I, I got to ask you, I want to ask you a question that's kind of outside the SG, just for a quick second, if it's okay with my co-hosts here. You know, a, a lot sure. of people followed the Canada Winter Games. I was joking with you over text about right, uh, getting right. Gavin McKenna for, for the Lorange Ice Wolves next year. Obviously, he's <laughs> going to be a star in the Western Hockey League and beyond. But, you know, how proud are you as a, a native of the Yukon as, of what he did at the Canada Winter Games? You know, how talented he is and going first overall. That's got to mean a lot. And it, it, I just talk about the, the hockey scene in Yukon in general. 
it's crazy. Like in the past couple of years, like Dylan going and now now Gavin, obviously, like there's not a lot of hockey up there. And so if you're going to try and make it, you leave early. And I think they both did that. And unfortunately, it skipped a generation there in between them two. But <laughs> <laughs> hockey's good up there. <laughs> hey, Dawson, you know, la- last year in the SJHL, of course, you guys had Xavier Cannon as well as yourself, right? Many considered Cannon right. uh, one of, if not the best goaltenders in the SJHL. Now you come in this year with the Reigns, and now many consider you the best goaltender, if not, you know, one of in the SJHL. What'd you kind of absorb from Xavier? Maybe just some anomalies about the building or some preparation in order to really, you know, do almost the exact same thing as he's doing this year in terms of how people how much people respect you and your talents he like he taught me so much like just as a like a person and the on the mental side of things mm-hmm. like like you know, say didn't have the greatest game or whatever and he'd come back and bounce back like nothing ever happened and play an amazing game stuff like that and just a good guy like easy to talk to always willing to give advice like picking you up when you're down i couldn't say a bad thing about him like yeah do Great you guy. try? Do you try to now turn that around and do the same thing for Topher now this year? Uh, it's it's tough for like we're both we're both the same age, mm-hmm. right? So I think we're mostly just learning off each other. Like, gotcha. And that's a good that's a good dynamic too. Like, it does help. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, last week, uh, Dawson, the SJHL Players of the Year awards were announced, and uh, you're up for a fi- you're a finalist for Sastel Goalie of the Year. Uh, just what was your thoughts, I guess, going through and and, and finding out you were a finalist for that award? I mean, I'm honored. Uh, there's plenty of good goalies in the league, and I know it must have been a tough decision for sure. It was uh, it was cool seeing Cam up there uh, a couple years back. I stayed at his house for a week during a goalie camp in Calgary and not sure if they have as fond memories as I do, but no, it was cool seeing them up there. Yeah, that's awesome. Was there a big fight to try to stop each other from getting to the lift of the fridge? Or, <laughs> uh, with both of you guys, obviously Cam heard like, I'm guessing is who you're talking about the, the yeah. Van Bruins goaltender for those that don't know is one of the finalists as well. You know, I got to ask you Dawson, you know, one of the things that I mentioned earlier in the show here was that the ice wolves are just so good at not giving up goals in the third period. You guys lead the league in that category, only 41 over the season so far. And, you know, for yourself, I've seen so many games where maybe you give up one, maybe two in the first and that's it. And it's done. Can't give up anymore. You know, what do you kind of attribute that to finding a way to both, you know, bounce back from a goal, but also just to be clutch so late in games time after time? Oh, it's our, the blocking shots is crazy from the D and the forwards. Like I know killer is, that's a big thing. A killer's coaching is just getting guys to block shots. And it, it shows like in those big moments, maybe it would have gone. in if it didn't get blocked or a nice tip could happen, something like that. And it's, it's nice to have like protection all around. How has it kind of been? Can you explain playing in the Mel Hagland arena? You know, when opposition goes there, they have to be worried about the bounces off the back wall. People, you know, bodies are on you really tight. The fans are right on top of you, right? The press box for us is feels like we're the, <laughs> the sixth power play member in the power play, right? Like it is, it's just a unique building and I only can expect it's that same way for goaltenders. So how have you had to try to maybe adjust your game in an arena that things just happen so fast. <laughs> they do happen fast. And I think you, it's hard to prepare for it. Even practicing there every week, it's mm. a new bounce every time or hits a new stanchion or <laughs> someone in the crowd yelling at you. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. The fans, the fans are amazing. Like last year in Humboldt, when Humboldt came up for the playoffs, it was like just hammering Ramsey, their goalie. Like mm-hmm. if, I don't think I could have handled it. Like <laughs> they're tackling. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. All right, last question for you then, uh, Dawson, and then I believe Rory has his rapid fire. I mentioned the Canada Winter Games there before. You had the experience as well of playing there that just was uh, finished there in Prince Edward Island. You were there a couple years ago with the the O3s. And uh, just talk about that experience just briefly. How how much did that impact you getting to represent your territory? It was really cool. Uh, Obviously, we didn't do great the hockey side, but like it was fun like seeing all the like the new prospects and guys who are going to go far and obviously most of them are lots of them will play in the nhl um and watching that hockey was a really cool experience for me all right dawson i'm not sure if you've seen this part of the show before it is rory's rapid fire so i'm just going to fire some quick succession questions at you and then some quick answers coming back first thing that comes to your mind all right all right 
All right, so you're a goaltender. What's your weirdest pregame ritual that you do that you got to get ready for a game? Oh, that's so tough. Um, uh, there's probably a couple. I'll say I, uh, I'm more of a pizza pocket guy, so I'll maybe have two or three of those before I take my nap. Yeah. Beautiful. That's Love perfect. It. All right, a subcategory of Rory's rapid fire. It's going to be called Details with Dawson, and the topic <laughs> is geography. Obviously, here from Yukon, Topher Chirico is from Kansas. So I'm just curious if there's any, um, you know, sort of anomalies or unique characteristics that when you first met Topher that you're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> just his twang, I think, was the big one. Like, yeah. hacky. That was, that was hard to get used to, for sure. <laughs> or like they don't like they don't have pizza pockets is one thing. That's, they pizza <laughs> how are they gonna live? So that, how do they live without pizza? Pockets? It always comes that back hurts. to the pizza pockets. I don't know how the are they still alive. <laughs> right, right. You got a fun fact about Yukon that maybe we don't know about, or someone that hasn't traveled there before? Um, don't. No, just kidding. Uh, no, the I don't. There is a lot of dog sled teams up there, and uh, sometimes it's hard navigating the roads when you're getting. Couple, couple dog crossings. So that's definitely <laughs> oh, wow, interesting. How about any specific foods that maybe you miss from back home that's just hard to find? Besides pizza pockets, <laughs> I like caribou. Yeah. There pizza you go. pockets, yeah. Caribou's good. I uh, can't eat too much of it though. You get some iron and poisoning, but. Uh, yeah, interesting. That, that, that's great. Um, okay, details with Dawson over. I got a couple more. The Orange Ice Wolves have a lot of Tasmanian Devils on the ice, right? Who's maybe the most <laughs> Tasmanian Devil Orange Ice Wolf off the ice with just an insane off the sort ice. of. <laughs> <laughs> off the the ice. I think the, the on ice transfers to off ice. So whoever we see on the ice causing a lot of havoc in the, you know, with physical play, that's probably the guy that has that style off the ice. Right, strict, just a like all around team guy, good guy, but he's a, he's wild for sure. What's your go to karaoke song? Oh come on, it's got to be it's got to be something by Rihanna or <laughs> yeah, maybe, there you go. maybe like umbrella? diamonds. I'll go diamonds. diamonds. Diamonds, okay. Oh, yeah, gotcha. I don't know what umbrella. Umbrella. A lot of she, she hit slow. some notes there. I don't think I could. I don't think I could crack. I, mm. I, I got two more for you. When LaRange scores a goal at home, can you hear Braden Malsbury's goal, Carl, while you're on the ice? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We, we all thought so. We all thought, yeah, we thought so. <laughs> all right. F final one. You guys are looking like you're going to play Melfort in the finals. Who's one of their shooters that just has a deceptive shot that you really got to be careful about? Hard not to say, like, Zach Summers or yeah. Chuck. I think those two are... They always find their way to the net, so it'll be fun to see if we can we can keep those guys down and get to the first round. Yeah, good luck in that first round. Yes, as well. good luck, Dawson. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Uh, best of luck in the final weekend of the season against Flin Flon, and best of luck in your first round series against the Melfort Mustangs. Awesome, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is LaRange Ice Wolves netminder Dawson Smith. A great chat uh, with the 19-year-old netminder. Now, coming up after the break, we have some business to do, Players of the Week, and we're also going to talk about the nominees for Players of the Year. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Jamie, Rory, and Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us. What a great chat with Dawson Smith. And Unbelievable. That I love was, that positive energy. It love just comes it. across the interview. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can see why he's able to bounce back from things and be yeah. so clutch. He just carries himself in a, in a way that you're able to focus. And man, I, what, a big, what a fan I am of that interview. What a great kid. Wow. Great interview, uh, yeah. great kid, and uh, we wish him the best of luck, obviously, against the Melford Mustangs in the first round of the playoffs. But let's get right into announcing Players of the Week this week. Uh, and let's start, Rory, with SGU MVP of the Week. This one coming from the Yorkton Terriers, Pavel McKenzie. Four goals, three assists, and even though that was in three games played, mm -hmm. he got it all in two games played, both against the Melville Millionaires over the weekend. 
Uh, yeah, he's a young player that's, you know, Yorkton's got a lot of returning guys they next do. year, right? And I know they've been underperforming this year, but you see when players get a little bit more maturity, a little bit more adjustment to the game, mm-hmm. uh, you can turn that around in a hurry. He'll be a focal point of offense uh, for Matt Hare and the Yorkton Terriers, and he's showing it now late in the season. Two goals and one assist in that crazy game against <laughs> yeah. uh, the Melville Millionaires, and Maddox to only have 12 penalty minutes, which, you know, seems like a lot, but in a game that had 322 combined mm-hmm. it wasn't actually a no, no. that's like, on the lower that's, side yeah. not too bad yeah, exactly so, uh, but yeah what a fantastic week he led all players in terms of points in a tie with a player that you'll hear coming up very shortly well let's get right into that direct west rookie of the week coming from mm-hmm. the notre dame hounds jake bleegy three goals four assists and i know in our group chat there Nugzi, uh, you were telling us all about how great of a week Leegy's had yeah i mean he's having a great last you know two three weeks really mm-hmm. he's got 13 points in his last seven games and and that's even bigger considering you know will dawson just hasn't been healthy and i don't know how many you know 18 younger first line centers there are in the sj maybe brett butts uh right on yorkton there's maybe the other one and those are two phenomenal young hockey players but uh yeah jacob you know at the right time the hounds needed some offense to survive i guess at this point and he was able to score in uh, against uh, against Weyburn. you got a four-point night there and and two uh, against uh, Estevan mm-hmm. last time out. So, you know, Jacob's just been phenomenal. And everything that Brett Pilkington has asked him to do this year on and off the ice, he's done, just kept getting better. And can't, can't wait to see how good that kid's going to be. So congratulations to Jacob Ligi. That's also his second time uh, winning Direct West Rookie of the Week this year. Now moving in between the pipes, Rory, uh, Sastel Goalie of the Week. Daza Mitchell, the Weyburn Red Wings, only two goals against and two starts against the Kindersley Clippers, including, you referred to it earlier on in the show, his first shutout in the SJHL. Uh, yeah, and we knew that Weyburn needed someone to shore up that maybe slight bit of panic with the way the trajectories were going. Mm-hmm. And Weyburn only managed to score five goals in two games, but they won them both against the Kindersley Clippers. Big props to Daza Mitchell. You look at a couple of his last games, a, a shutout, so a mm-hmm. thousand save percentage. The game before nine thirty three. Yeah. The game before nine seventeen. A little bit of a, a rough one in Notre Dame, but before that, a nine forty nine. I know Battleford is a powerhouse. It's looking like these two teams will meet up, but you get a hot goaltender in the final five starts of the playoffs. They're like, okay, well, hey, they're believing a lot in Daza Mitchell, and that yeah. really is the main proponent. As news you talked last week, that and special teams to uh, to making a an upset. You look at Battleford's PK2, it's eighth place in the league. But Daza Mitchell is, is, is adding a little interest to a first-round series that many people think will probably be a write-off. Mitchell plays like this, it's going to be close. Well, and that's the thing we've always talked about even off-air when it comes to the SJHL playoffs this year is if any team gets a hot goalie, anything can happen. And obviously, Daza Mitchell can pull that off as well. And finally, Super U Defenseman of the Week. Nugsy, we're going back to the Notre Dame Hounds. Mm-hmm. Sam Kroon, one goal, four assists. And no bigger, obviously, than that goal he scored yeah. against the Weyburn Red Wings with 30-some seconds yeah. left uh, to secure the win. <laughs> yeah, a lot of I, – I don't know if maybe it was the only game in the SJ that night or something, but a lot of team got, people seemed to tune in to the end of that game. It was, was a wild, wild We tuned finish. in for you, Nugsy. Well, that's that's very kind and a big-time lie. But anyway, Sam Kroon <laughs> – yeah, 29 seconds left. He scored the two biggest goals for Notre Dame the last two years now, I guess if you include that one, to win it at the death against Weyburn. And I got to tell you, like Sam's numbers offensively haven't been the same as they were last year. But, uh, you know, with Jared Sitch especially not being healthy in 2023, he's really gritted up Sam Kern. He's really matured. He's had a lot of very raw partners to play with sure. this year. He's been really, really great. So I'm really happy to see him uh, get rewarded. You know, offensively, he teed up Vinny Palmerine for Vinny's absolute cannon as well in that game against Weyburn. And, you know, Sam's been great lately and uh, and really all year in a lot of ways in a mature sense. And, uh, yeah, just really, uh, really a big, big reason why the Hounds are still somewhat alive. Well, if it wasn't for that goal, there would be an X beside the, 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 it's the Weyburn, true, yeah. Red Wings name. So, yeah. It, yeah, hugest goal of the season so far to keep those hopes alive. 100%. So, in recap, SGU MVP of the week, Pavel McKenzie, the York Terriers, four goals, three assists. Uh, Sassel goalie of the week, Daza Mitchell, the waiver in the Red Wings, just the one, uh, the two goals against in two games. So a, a one goals against average two wins and his first shutout in the SJHL direct West rookie of the week, Jacob Ligi of the Notre Dame Hounds, three goals, four assists and super U defenseman of the week. Sam Kroon also of the Notre Dame Hounds with a goal and four assists. But of course, late last week, guys, the SJHL 
announce the finalists for players of the year. So I'd like to kind of run through them all, ask you guys if you think there's any surprises and some talking points. So let's start right at the top and let's start with MVP of the year coming up on the screen. Kian Bell, the Balfords North Stars, Holden Dole, the Balford North Stars, and Riley Morgan of the Weyburn Red Wings. Rory, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts when seeing the finalists, I guess, for MVP? Um, not that Riley Morgan doesn't deserve to be there. He was the MVP on two different teams this year, you can argue, it's right? True, yeah. And he's really been the catalyst to propel Weyburn up in towards, you know, the eighth spot. So I think he definitely deserves to be there. Um, and also, I guess the outlier is, I, I just think Josh Cote has had an MVP-style goaltending season as sure. well. Battleford's allows the 10th most shots on net. Mm -hmm. They are not a defensive team that, you know, smothers you to 25 shots a game. Right. They allow 37 on average. And Cote's made the most saves in the SJHL and has the highest save percentage. So I don't think you can have three straight battle for its North Stars player. I don't want to be able to pull Holden Dole out, put Riley Morgan in, just to add Josh Cote. I think these three are perfect finalists. I do think Cote has not only had the goaltending deserve nomination, but mm -hmm. a, an MVP. If there was four, he'd be my fourth. But uh, it's, I, I can't see it not going to Kean Bell. You know, 54 goals or whatever it is right now. 52 goals, 42 sure. assists. Uh, he's been the MVP of the league. I just wanted to kind of Give a shout out to Josh Cote because he can't forget about the goaltenders too. And just before Newsy, you get into it, I just want to say like when you look at a lot of these awards, there's probably five, anywhere from five, some awards, five guys you can make a uh, good mm. argument for. Mm. There's some awards you can make an argument for anywhere from eight to ten guys that 100%. could potentially be a finalist. Mm -hmm. And that's how difficult I think it was this year for the voters. Mm. Newsy, you want to add on MVP? Yeah, I mean, I I said uh, before that I, I give it to Holden Dole just because of the responsibilities of a centerman. I know people sure. are very, very odd by numbers, and totally fair enough. Those numbers by Key and Bell are super uh, amazing. But uh, I just just the fact that Dole's just really sets the tone, centerman. You know, I think that gives him just a teeny little, teeny little bit of, sure. of difference. But certainly, I would not be surprised. Really, there's only two. I think there are a lot of arguments for other finalists. But it's it's one of those two, anyways, for me. Regardless, congratulations do, to do all. Do we three. make a prediction or no? Would you like to make a prediction? Well, did you say Dole? I said Dole. Yeah. I'll, I'll say Bell. I'll say Bell too. Okay. Uh, so there are your uh, SGEU MVP of the year nominees. Now let's throw up the RBC Player of the Year nominees. Two of them being the same as MVP of the year: Kian Bell, Holden Dole. And Cole Dupro of the Flin Flon Bombers uh, up for Player of the Year. Nugsy, I'll start with you. Any mm -hmm. surprises? Any any potential omissions that you feel maybe should have been in this category for Player of the Year? Um, yeah, I'm not not really. I mean, I think I think those again are, are three uh, are three great options. Hard to sure. hard to argue against any of them. I just I mean, Humboldt's such a great team. They're so unified. Not one, two, or three mm -hmm. guys are really taken off. So. Not, not too crazy to not see any humble guys, even though they're such a great roster. Scott Barney's put together such a great team. You know, I, that's the award that I think he and Bell has in his pocket, really, P just as an individual player doing things that nobody else in the league has done and can do. That's what Key and Bell does on a right. nightly basis. So for me, I think that's the one that's more easily to say it's Key and Bell. I would say it's Key and Bell as as well. I think these are the the perfect three. Finalist Cole yeah. Dupro has been impossible to stop his shot, especially yeah, on the power play. Yeah, so good. Without so, you know, it's thirty-seven goals that Flynn Flon wouldn't have. Yeah. Right? that you know wouldn't be in a race for second place without Cole Dupro. So <laughs> I, I do think this is the perfect three-player of the year finalist. And, and and Cole Dupro, and I, again, I don't know if I'm screaming into the wind about this, but he's defensively responsible too. He's great. Yes, like he's really good in his own zone. Some college D1 out there, sign this kid right now. How is he not committed? I don't know. I don't know. Well, hopefully they're listening to Nugsy. They better. I agree. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, most sportsmanlike uh, player of the year. This one coming us uh, coming to us by Federated Co-op. Uh, Tylen Hilbig of the Kindersley Clippers, Jackson Martins of the Melville Millionaires, and Xander Stewart of the Nippon Hawks. Obviously, this one's a little bit more difficult to talk about, but... Uh, I think the fact that these three players are, are nominated for an award like this uh, speaks well to their character. Rory, do you want to touch on this? Yeah, I mean, these are both two, or, or sorry, one's a defenseman, but they're both offensive and defensive responsible players, Lady Bing-type players yeah, exactly. that don't take a lot of penalties, right? They don't play um, 
in in a way that's going to threaten their team and put them on the on the PK. But uh, Martins has had six penalty minutes, right? And right. what, like his last seventy five games or something like yeah. that? A guy that got traded from a second place team into a non playoff team and never frustrated him. Mm-hmm. He never went you know off the rails. He stuck to his game. Was an amazing offensive threat to the Melville Millionaires. Then you got Desander Stewart, who's basically you know playing 30 minutes a game for Nipple yeah. and only putting up, what does he have, 10 penalty minutes this yeah. year, 12? Good. And Tylen Hilbig, who's a physical power forward, tough not to take penalties exactly. when you're down against the walls, 100%. right? Lifting sticks, getting into scrums, and he's been able to be um, disciplined as well. So I don't know who's going to win this one. <laughs> I've loved Jackson Martins since last year in right. Flin Flon. It's not just this season. He did it in the playoffs last year, all the way to seven games in the finals, not taking a lot of penalties. He did it in the season before with the Flin Flon Bombers. I know it's not going back that far. It's yep. just based on this year, but I'll give the nod to Jackson Martins, sure. but I, I don't know who's going to win this one. They've all been exceptional. I agree. Yeah, I'll be 100% honest. I'm not 100% sure on the criteria for this award, so I'll just say that I think you know Xander Stewart plays such an important, mm-hmm. heavy role, matchup role for Nippowin all year long, that tight barn. It's, you know, you're on, everybody's on each other all the time. It's at Centennial Arena. In Nippowin. So for me, it's, it's Xander Stewart, just the importance of him for Nippowin versus the minutes he plays, the roles he plays, and, and only 10 pims is remarkable. Yeah, top offensive threats constantly barreling down on him, yeah, right? That's tough not to take a hooking call 100%. or a holding call. He just doesn't do it. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I Which can't makes believe more... the numbers, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, for sure. All right, moving on to Super U Defenseman of the Year. And this one. As Tynan Ewart mm-hmm. of the Balfour North Stars, Xander Stewart, who we just talked about with uh, the Nippon Hawks, and Dallin Weekle of the Humble Broncos. Uh, Nugsy, I'll start with you mm-hmm. on this one. Uh, your thoughts? I, I think uh, this one is definitely uh, one that I think you can make an argument for a lot of different players in uh, this award. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, man, I don't know. Like there, there's to me, there are three very offensive guys. I think they're sure. You know, they they, they both, they all three of them play big minutes. None, none of them are liabilities defensively either. But I think they're definitely offense first. So it's a points thing. Tynan Ewart has the most points. Yeah. So my right. guess is Tynan Ewart's gonna win. He's the only D man over a point per game. You know who probably could be on there that isn't gonna get anything because he's only played half the year is Liam McInnes. He's been unbelievable yeah. for LaRange. He's made a huge difference for LaRange uh, in all sorts of ways. But uh, I'm going to say it's going to be time and Ewart just because of points. So maybe Dalen Weagle is the most talented just period defenseman in the league. You see him every day, mm-hmm. Rory. But uh, time and Ewart is going to win it, I think. I think it's going to be hard to pry it away from time and Ewart with over a point per game from a defenseman. It's not, and I don't even have to say it, it's not taking away anything from the other two finals no, not at all. or Kevin oh, no. Minock or Alexa yeah. Babic, who, you know, yeah. we thought would be in there for the first 70% of the season. But these are three of the most offensively gifted defensemen. I just think, yeah, I mean, he's, he's six yeah. points clear in the D man <laughs> race. He's a point per game defenseman. It's going to be tough to pride away from him. And yeah. uh, that's, that would be my pick as well. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at the, the leading scores amongst defensemen, like you said, you, Kevin Minock's a good example. He has the most goals among defensemen yeah. with 13. And then you have Reese Richmond, who's second in points with uh, two goals and 45 assists. There's a lot of players, I think, for the defenseman. You could make the argument yeah. to be a finalist. And just to make Rory happy, Jared Sitch, just if he, ha- if he, he has not <laughs> been he has not been healthy at all He'd in be 2023. Up He'd be up there. He would I be mean, up there if he had been healthy, but he's, he hasn't been healthy the last three months. And still, he's, he, even though he wasn't healthy, he's still an eighth in points when it comes to defensive scoring. We made so. it through a show, though. Checked up. Yeah, we almost yeah. got there. Oh, yeah. We almost got there. All right. <laughs> let's move on. I got a mission. What can I say? <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's move on to Sastel Goalie of the Year. I mean, we interviewed one of the, the finalists for it. But uh, Cam Herdlicka of the Estevan Bruins, Josh Cote of the Balfords North Stars, and Dawson Smith of the LaRange Ice Wolves. Three goaltenders who have had superb seasons in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Rory, um, I think it's hard, though, to look overlook Josh Cote's numbers. I mean, you listed off some of them when you were talking about MVP. I don't know how. Uh, Dawson Smith is making an argument, uh, and he is, but the numbers are really yeah. in favor of Cote. It's, again, tough to pride away. It is. You, wanna, you want to maybe find something where Smith can, can be able to pride away, but I don't think he can. Cote first and wins. You know, fourth in minutes, not behind Harmon Laserhue and Caleb Allen and Hurdlicka by much. Second in saves, only behind Caleb Allen. And we think Battleford's top team in the league. Cote's had to be in the top, yeah, top goaltender. 100%. He stopped 1,295 pucks this year. 
He's first in save percentage. He's first in goals against. It's just everything is pointing at Josh Cote. But, you know, Smith and Herdlicka are, are they're as good as runner-up candidates as you can get. Right. Newsy? Yeah, Rory said everything that I would say. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and the, the, not to overlook the other two finalists either. I just oh. want to me- mention, too, like Dawson Smith and Josh Cote almost have the identical goals against average and save percentage. Mm-hmm. And one thing... For Cam Herlicka, too, that uh, stands out when it comes to his him being a finalist. Two, five shutouts five this season. Yeah. He's had a great season when it comes to uh, the amount of goose eggs he has. But regardless, congratulations uh, to all three finalists in Sastel Goalie of the Year. Uh, moving on, Direct West Rookie of the Year. This is a good one. Uh, Riley Ash of the Melfort Mustangs. Karsten Cater of the Humble Broncos. And Dylan Ruptash of the Yorkton Terriers. And guys, uh, before we get into it, I just want to say, too, this is another one where you can make an argument, I think, for around eight guys to potentially be a finalist for this award. But, uh, Rory, I'll start with you and uh, get your thoughts. There is only three finalists. I'll say this. Yes. But the biggest snub out of any category is Alexei Silvestri not being a finalist for rookie. I think it is. But there's only three. So, you you know, people are going to get left out. I will say that Silvestri, I believe, should be in there. He could win it. Sure. Um, although Carter or Karsten Cater and Riley Ash, both uh, 2006 born, I think that does help their voting panels a bit, being 16-year-olds coming into the league and having the start that they have. And uh, yeah, it's it, I, this is a tight race as well. It does is. it go to a defenseman, 16-year-old defenseman, who's you know 29 points, 30 points in 50 games played, anchoring a power play, playing PK, getting a lot of minutes for the Broncos? Does it go to Riley Ash, which, you know, on a top line as a 16-year-old with the Melford Mustangs? I, I don't know who's going to win this one. I will say, though, I, I need to give a shout-out to Alexei Silvestri. 100%. He's been one of the best rookies this year. Yeah, and again, if you talk about that age thing, maybe even getting nominated, Thomas Wright mm-hmm. has had a great year for, mm-hmm. um, for LaRange as well. Kind of go down the list, there's a bunch. But yeah, I mean, again, you, you said a lot there, Rory, I think. The, the like I think that Riley Ash just plays so many roles, so many important minutes for this Melfer Mustangs team. Obviously, they've got a lot of good forwards, but plays a big role. Karsten Cater, Scott Barney trusts him, puts mm-hmm. him in fours of four on threes, puts them in overtime. Karsten Cater is a big time difference maker, even strength, even for Humboldt as a 16 year old, sort of on the smaller side of a defenseman, even though I've never seen him really be physically overpowered really this year. Mm. Um, boy, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Ash just cause I don't know. He's a forward. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's really close. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Yeah. yeah and, and like Rory mentioned too, you know, shout out to Alexi Silvestri right at the top of the rookie scoring. Um, even, yeah. even in Notre Dame with Jacob Ligi after his solod week, he's, yeah. you know, near the, He's fourth second in scoring. Half, second half of the year, Jacob. So it's, it's I would say uh, the rookie of the year is probably the toughest one to pick this year because there has been. And the na- what that says, too, is the future is bright for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey yeah, League and 100%. the great players that the league has. Finally, coach of the year. And that comes from the Balfour North Stars, that being Braden Klamosko, Tad Cozen of the Nipwin Hawks, and Mike Reagan of the Flin Flon Bombers. Nugsy, I'll start with you on this one. I mean, I love Tad. I love Mike Reagan. Can we just, we're just going to give it to Braden Klamosko again, aren't we? Mm-hmm. It's his third in, the, third in a row, I believe, in terms of awards being handed out coach of the year for Braden Klamosko. How do you not, how do you not give it to him? Like 45 wins already this year. First seed locked up, number one in Canada for a lot of the season. Sure. You know, gets that team playing at a consistently high level, even on nights where you're like, oh, it's a Tuesday night in Wilcox. Are they going to show up for this one? And boy, do they find a way to be great anyways. You know, it's, it's amazing the consistency of performance. Forget about results. Um, yeah, he, he, it's, you got to hand it to Braden Klamasco to me. Roy? I think it's Klamasco's. Yeah. yeah, it's really. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, really tough. It, it's tough when you know. For that, obviously, congratulations to all three finalists. But when Balfords has been one of the top teams in the country yeah. for the entire season, it's tough not to uh, give it to Brayden Klamasco, who, like Nugsy mentioned, uh, three years potentially in a row yeah. for being named uh, Coach of the Year. All right, let's get in the final week of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League season. It kicks off tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Three big games on the schedule. No bigger Nugsy than the Notre Dame Hounds visiting the Yorkton Terriers. The Hounds need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Also on the schedule, the Balfords North Stars play host to the Nipwin Hawks. 
and a big one at the Whitney Forum as the Melfort Mustangs visit the Flin Flon Bombers. Of course, Flin Flon battling for second with Humble. Melfort trying to get home ice advantage for their series against the LaRange Ice Wolves. So that's a big game for both those teams. And then we fast forward to Wednesday. Pair of games on the schedule. Melville visits Estevan. Estevan not only looking to lock down the Viterra division, but also looking to lock down potentially sixth place as uh, Nip wins on their heels. And then, of course, the Weyburn Red Wings will visit the Humboldt Broncos Wednesday evening. Uh, when we look at the grand scheme of things, Nugsy, I'll start with you. Obviously, you're going to be keeping your eye on the Notre Dame Hounds. So we'll, we'll just say that now. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the final week of the regular season, what are you keeping an eye on other yeah. than maybe the Hounds? Yeah, like it's there's there's still lots of battles here lots, at the end, right? Lots. And one of the battles that we didn't mention that I'm actually super interested in that's actually stayed a battle more, longer than maybe we all thought. Nipawin is right there behind uh, Estevan. Estevan sure. has, you know, they have a couple games coming up here. Uh, they got Weyburn to end it. That's going to be an emotional game, no matter what. You know that is going to be the case. They got that game against Melville does Estevan this week too, and the, you know those cannot be banana peels. For Jason Tatarnik's team, mm -hmm. you know, they do have the tiebreaker against Nippowin. So the Hawks have just stuck in, stuck in, stuck in. Is there a world where the Nippowin Hawks finish sixth? That is certainly Could a happen. possibility. So that's a battle that we didn't really talk about that I think is still a very interesting battle. So I'm going to be interested in how Estevan and Nippowin do. Rory? To me, it's the decision between rest and reassurance. I love it. Yeah. I, you have a lot of teams that are fighting. You know, does Estevan want Herdlicka to have one game off before the playoffs, right? Before that run, he's about to go on. But then they jeopardize slipping into seventh. Does the Battleford's North Stars, who have locked up first place, sit the top line, but now maybe they, you know, don't play for a week right. or something. It's mm -hmm. happened throughout the year. Does, does Humboldt go into Notre Dame, right, with that game potentially on the line for the Hounds? Division rival as well. Do they bring out some of their stop, top starters? LaRange and Melford with home ice, you expect them to be fully loaded throughout all of it, throughout the remaining games. But this is now where the coaches will decide, all right, who do we get into the lineup? Who do we rest? How do we kind of structure this? You don't want to lose the momentum heading into the playoffs. So you will see these teams like Humboldt, like Battlefords, like Flin Flon, who have been playing playoff-style hockey. You want to see them continue it. But then they also look at the roster and be like, all right, this guy has been a workhorse for us. Let's give him this night off, and hopefully that doesn't, you know throw off anything but that that's kind of where i'm looking at is the rest versus reassurance and, and i should say like for notre dame trying to hold on i find it very interesting to kind of plan mentally myself to call these games right it's either every game is game seven like do or die crazy like living on the edge or it doesn't matter and it's the preseason all of a sudden and it doesn't like it's just over and i know like you know chris omnis and and benny Tick and benny uh, walchuk and, and matt decker and those guys have been sort of in that in that limbo land for a bit now in terms of calling their games but it's kind of weird i'm like am i gonna are they gonna be <laughs> playoff games or are they done? sure like mm -hmm. it will, it, i don't know that's you have to tune in to find out regardless i mean we talked about it earlier it's great that the final week of the season yeah, there, there is so much yeah. on the line in in so many different parts of the standings which is exciting and it means it's going to be a great final week of the regular mm -hmm. season uh before we go we have to give a big shout out to our sponsors once again here at SJHL Weekly. Uh, Cantera Seed, Sastel Capital Auto Mall, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Chevrolet, Tourism Saskatchewan, Direct West, SGI, SGEU, Great Western, Young's Equipment, RBC. Thank you so much for your support because without your support, this show would not be possible. And be sure to stay up to date with everything in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. There is only eight days remaining in the regular season and about 11 days until the SJHL playoffs begin so you'll want to stay up to date on social media follow us like us on facebook follow us on twitter instagram tiktok subscribe to the youtube channel and uh get out to your local rink because all these games are going to be great uh coming down the stretch uh we also have the sjhl raffle which is coming down the pipe as well our good friend director of marketing and promotions for the saskatchewan junior hockey league jacob faith once playoffs start you guys are going to be seeking jacob around the rink Selling tickets for the SJHL raffle. So, Nugsy, get your tickets. All right. Get your tickets today. Rory, you have your tickets? Got them. Got your tickets? 10 Re for 100, baby. 10 for 100, baby. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get your tickets today. SJHLraffle.ca. The deadline to get tickets, April 23rd. The draw will be done April 27th. And that's right in the midst of the SJHL final, too. So, 
uh, not only could potentially maybe your team, your team might be winning the SJHL Championship, the Cantera Seeds Cup, and you might be winning a, a brand new side-by-side -side courtesy of uh, Polaris. Talk about a potential winning week when it comes to the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But a lot of great hockey on the schedule uh, this week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League before the season wraps up and then we're then the playoffs begin. But uh, it's going to be a busy week, so stay up to date with everything in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League on our social medias. And be sure to watch all the action on Hockey TV if you can't make it out to your local rinks. For Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugenbauer, my name's Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another great episode of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platform.